Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from the Wildlife Conservation Society's Global Conservation Program, Zoos and Aquarium, and their many partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. This week, representatives from across the globe will gather in Dubai for the 28th Conference of the Parties, or COP, of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change. The Wildlife Conservation Society will have a large delegation attending. They're focused on a wide range of issues essential to addressing the climate crisis, ranging from preserving ecological integrity to the empowerment of indigenous peoples. WCS President and CEO Monica Medina leads the delegation and spoke with Wild Audio's Nat Moss for this report. I think at a time when we're so divided in so many ways, that this is an opportunity for the world to come together. There's no place Monica Medina would rather be this month than at the UN climate meeting. This is an important meeting because it's where the world comes together to talk about how are we going to actually make the ambitious climate goals that the Paris Agreement set out. It's where we step back and say, how have we done? Are we on the right path officially? We kind of have taken unofficial stock up until now, and scientists have been looking at whether we're getting where we need to go fast enough, but this meeting is the official reckoning for are we on the path to stay as close to 1.5 degrees warming as possible. There's a growing understanding, says Monica, that the climate crisis isn't something that's happening in 10 years or even 20 years. It's happening today. When Taylor Swift has to cancel a concert because... It's effectively 140, 140 degrees in Brazil today. We know we have a huge problem. And really, you know, a concert is just one way of a lot of people seeing the problem. But we know workers in areas where the temperatures are going up feel the heat literally every day. People who live near large forested areas that are impacted by droughts face the risk of forest fires that could take away their house or their livelihood every day. Farmers who can't grow food in areas that are struggling with drought face this every day. And so this is, again, another moment for us to have that reckoning that the transition needs to be one that's just and fair. Fairness is very much on Monica's mind and on the agenda of WCS at the global meeting. Another big goal is to give indigenous peoples and local communities a greater voice in the climate meeting. That voice is often overlooked. They contribute the least to the climate crisis and they are bearing the brunt of it. They have long been wonderful stewards of the planet. They understand the need to think beyond today, and we need to tap their centuries of traditional knowledge and their willingness to think for the future if we expect to solve the climate crisis. So it's not only a good thing, it's not only the right thing, it's actually the best thing. And so for us, it's really important to make sure that they have a seat at the table, that their voices are heard. Also on WCS's agenda is the critical role of nature-based solutions in confronting our rapidly heating planet. Scientists have agreed that nature-based climate solutions can make up to a third of what we need 
for mitigation. But right now, those types of solutions only get about 3% of the funding globally. In other words, all the funding is spent on reductions of emissions that come through energy transition or changes in transportation mechanisms and methods, but not nearly enough is going into nature. And in fact, as we destroy nature, as places like the Amazon increasingly are shrinking, those great big global forests that are the lungs of the planet, as they shrink, we have less capacity to store carbon. And not just carbon. The climate crisis is inextricably connected to both the biodiversity and global pandemic crises through the degradation of nature by human activity, whether it be roads or infrastructure or extractive industry. When those actions disrupt the ecological integrity of nature, once healthy habitats cease to function and society comes into closer proximity with previously contained pathogens for which we have no immunity. Climate and health and biodiversity loss provide a daunting challenge when we add all three up together. It's a trifecta of potentially devastating environmental challenges for the planet. But if we work on all three at the same time, we have triple co-benefits of improving climate, improving zoonotic disease prevention, and improving our biodiversity globally. So that's why we at WCS focus on those places where wildlife and nature are most intact. If we focus on the places where nature is still functioning as an ecosystem all over the planet, not just in one place, but the places where it's most able to function as it should, we are working to solve all three of the crises at once. But if nature can play a critical role in addressing our climate predicament, That's no reason to let the fossil fuel industry off the hook. We see fossil fuel companies being more profitable than ever. And those companies that have profited the most from fossil fuels, from creating the greenhouse gas emissions nightmare scenario that we're in now, should be the ones who are leading in helping the world solve this crisis. But it will require an awful lot of accountability. And I hope that those companies will feel the pressure of the public to change and get behind the push for renewable energy and reduce the production of fossil fuels. Monica adds that it's not just terrestrial landscapes we should be focused on at this year's COP. Our oceans, too, cannot take the heat. They're warming at a tremendous rate. We saw that this summer with ocean temperatures off the East Coast of the United States at 100 degrees, which is unprecedented. We saw it through the power of that hurricane that recently hit Acapulco that went from being a bad tropical storm to a Category 5 monster of a hurricane in less than 24 hours. We've seen it through the tremendous increase in coral bleaching events around the world. We know that oceans are taking a huge hit from climate change. And we need to work hard to ensure that there are parts of the ocean that aren't impacted by other stressors like overfishing or pollution so that when they have a climate event, they at least don't have the other problems making it worse. One thing that gives Monica particular hope is the broad scope of the work of the organization she now leads. The Wildlife Conservation Society is in a unique place in the conservation ecosystem 
We are in more than 50 countries around the world. We are the largest field-based conservation organization in the world. We are working in areas that, if added up, are more than the size of North America. We are scaling climate solutions, biodiversity solutions, and health solutions all around the world. We can continue to grow our work on the ground with indigenous peoples, local communities, at the field level, but also at the global policy level to make the changes we know are needed in order to solve all three crises. We are uniquely positioned as an organization. We help people, we help nature, and we are on the front lines of the climate crisis. And that's what makes me excited about coming to work at WCS every day. Catch up on all the action at this year's Climate Summit at www.wcs.org. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Nat Moss. This special episode of WCS Wild Audio was produced and reported by Nat Moss with help from Hannah Kaplan and Dan Rosen. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. We're currently preparing our fourth season. In the meantime, please check out episodes from previous seasons you may have missed at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. 